Thanks for tuning in. I'm Joel Amidon, and this is the Teacher's Journey, Mile Markers on the Road to Better Teaching, a podcast series where we discuss stories of educator development. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Mississippi School of Education is an Amidon Planet production. Hey, and today I am joined by Christy McGee. Christy, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. And how are you? Oh, I'm doing excellent. This is uh, this is exciting. We got a chance to do a little portfolio stuff before this, but I'm excited that you're willing to jump on the podcast with me. So, and, and I know it's a long day. So, and I know it's, it's in the evening, but that's that's part of the dedication of being a teacher. Sometimes is doing this sort of stuff, right? Thank you. Yes, it is, and thank you for having me. I, I'm very excited to be here. Can you give us a little introduction to who Christy McGee is? I have been working with my school district for eight years. I have done a little bit of everything, but I'm currently a second grade English language arts teacher. And I am also the school intervention support specialist, which is a fancy term for saying I'm the part-time school counselor. So (laughs) (laughs) I wear many hats around here. Yeah. I mean, and we were talking about a little bit before and you're like, well, what do you do, Dr. Anna? (laughs) We're like back and forth about, and, and you know, sometimes it's like, it's probably responding to some needs too. Like, Hey, this need needs yes. to happen. And, and it's about, okay, I'm going to fill, I'm going to fill this needs. And it's about, yes. you know, coming down to taking care of kids and how do we do yes. that best? Right. Yes. Yes. We didn't have a counselor at my school. So I decided kids were always coming to me to talk and I didn't want to tell them the wrong thing. So I got my master's in school counseling. Oh my goodness. And they, yes. And they created a position this year for maybe part-time and next year I'll be the first ever full-time elementary counselor at my school. Holy cow. That is amazing. Okay. Yes. And now you're working on another degree. Yes. <laughs> you. Yes. Wow. Oh my goodness. So again, I, I mean, part of the reason I wanted to start this podcast and this is a little aside is like to tell a story, like to honor teachers and honor the amazing things teachers do. And thank you. I mean, thank you already for, I mean, you saw, saw a need and like, I'm going to go and already I'm filling this need, but I want to be better at filling this need. And I'm yes. going to go get a degree to do it well. And like, holy cow, yes. you are amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So this is a long road of becoming a teacher. And so on that road are other teachers. And so mm-hmm. as we, we kind of start the podcast, we want to th- reach out and thank some teachers. So can you thank three teachers who have shaped your development as a person? The first person I have to thank always is my mother. My mother and my father were teachers, but my mother taught much longer. She taught 37 and a half years. She's very proud to say that. And she actually taught at the same school, same grade for all of those years. And ironically, when I started teaching, I went into second grade. So it was (laughs) ironic that I kind of, I feel like I picked up where she left off. But um, I just, I loved how she was with kids. And I love, I love the difference that she made. She really wanted to touch those kids. So she's the first person. And the second person was my high school teacher. He was, um, he taught us geography, world history. He taught us social skills. He taught us a wide variety of things. I had him for four different years. He was the announcer at the football games, but he really, really talked to us about being good people, you know he would take us into left field with our lessons. And we'd be like, this has nothing to do with geography. And somehow he would tie it right back into Uh what, you know, he was teaching us. And he just wanted us to be great people. And Mr. Billy Hinton was his name, is his name. And I'm forever just grateful to him for, you know, just instilling those ideas in us at an early age. 
And the last teacher, she wasn't my teacher, but she's an educator. And that was the first principal that I worked for. Mm. And that was Dr. Holly Parker. When I got here, I think she was transitioning herself in her career and her personal life. She had been a principal long enough where she could see what she done well and what she done wrong. Mm. And when I came in her first day, she said, you know, come sit and talk with me. I've learned some things this year, these past few years, and I'm going to do better this year. And I want to show you where I've messed up. And she just took me under her wing. And I mean, I was a nobody. It's my first year. I was an assistant of all things, an assistant. Yeah. And um, she said, you come hang with me. And she just showed me so much. So that's much. awesome. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, and the thing is too, I love that you identified an educational leader and like, as you know, one of your teachers and like, and, yes. and that's kind of what we're here to do. We're here to talk about uh, educational leadership, some of the mile markers on your own development in this podcast, we've kind of focused in on teachers, but we also want to focus on educational leaders because they are, they shape our lives. I, I remember one of my principals, Mr. Yates, he came and he, this is what he said. We used to get, I, I got school lunch and get ham, a big old slice of ham at school lunch. And he mm-hmm. showed me, like, I was trying to cut it with a fork. He's like, no, 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 cut with spoon, spoon. <laughs> All the pressure goes to one spot. And it really? was like, I mean, yeah. So like you would, it was an easier cut rather than the flat part of the fork. And he was like, how's that work? And like, and, but just the, the fact that he would, I mean, these little lessons and he would do that all the time. But I just remember that one just stood out, but it was like, you know, third grade, but it was like, the, here's someone who I know is in charge of our school, but also cares about us as people. Yeah. And, and like, a, it just is willing to invest a little bit of time in, in the kids as they're doing their thing. Right. And so yeah. I love it. So thank you. <laughs> thank yeah. you for sharing. This is awesome. Yes. Yeah. All right. So two reasons or events that led you to become a teacher. Well, one of them is familial. Obviously we heard all that. So, but, uh, but you can, you can share two more. You get a bonus one. Well, of course my mother, I've said her already, but I think what made me want to be a teacher and even be an educational leader, I, I call myself a sponge all the time. I love to learn. I love to learn. I love to try new things and I love to share what I have learned with others. And it excites me when a kid gets that moment and they have picked it up and you see the light bulb goes off. Mm -hmm. That excites me. And even when I'm working with my peers and I share something with them and they come back later and they say, hey, that idea that you shared with me was a great idea. It really worked. That makes me feel good. And that just makes me want to just, you know, continue to help others. Well, yeah. And then it's like just the light bulb of the students, the light bulb of the teacher that's also then helping those students. So it's like, yes. Yeah, that, that's, that's wonderful. Um, and so now we get to think about these mile markers of your development as a education leader. So, you know, we have these moments, these like the, your own, I mean, it's one of your own light bulb moments, right? Mm-hmm. So what, where would you place one mile marker on your path to being a better educational leader? It started last semester, but it carried over to this semester. Dr. DeShane had us do a project. I can't remember what class it was now that I had under him, but we had a project with Dr. DeShane last semester and it was a come up with a professional development idea. So I came up with the idea, but then I was able to present the professional development this year, this January to my teachers. And it was a district-wide professional development day. I didn't know who was coming, but the, um, director of curriculum and professional development told me just make it so it fits everybody. Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an elementary teacher 
She yeah. said, make it where it will apply to secondary teachers and SPED teachers. So I was really stretched. I was really stretched to think outside of the box. How could I help someone? But then when I got in there, and again, the light bulbs were turning on. Um, I was talking about the VARC model of learning and to see the different people from all different grades. It's like, yeah, we don't do these things. We should do these things. Or we do do these things and we don't even realize why, but yeah, if we're doing it. What more can we do? So it was a great, it was a great experience. Like, yeah, I can help. I really can help somebody with what I know and what I've learned. That's awesome. And so what artifact would you use to represent your mile marker? Well, in on our portfolio, on our site that I uploaded, I uploaded the PowerPoint that I created mm-hmm. from it yeah. that I shared with the class. And I walked them through, how would you feel if you, how do you feel as a student sitting in class? Mm-hmm. Are you bored? And I even had the Charlie Brown sound effects. That's what, <laughs> yeah. you know, kids here, that's what I hear, you know, sitting in class. And I gave different, different ideas of how to present a lesson to your visual learners, to your auditory learners, to your kinesthetic learners. So um, that was the artifact that I created for that to just show what I shared with the other teachers. Nice, nice. So, um, so we kind of got the at the context of it. So, why was this important to your growth as an educational leader? Why was this moment? It let me merge my love of counseling and my love of teaching. Because teachers and counselors wear totally different hats. Um, the the teacher hat, I'm, I'm thinking about that standard. I'm thinking about that test. I'm thinking about that quantitative data that I'm going to collect at the end of the week to see yeah. you know, what that kid learned. But the counselor in me is looking at the quality of it. Did they enjoy it? Did they feel something? You know, did I enjoy it? Was it? fun learning, you know, are they going to remember it? So I was able to merge my two loves together into one idea. Yeah. I love the idea of these hats and they're constantly, I mean, and sometimes too, like, you know, when you have those exchanges, probably maybe with some folks that like the special ed or the uh, secondary teachers, they might have a different perspective. All of a sudden, Ooh, I got to put on my student hat real quick because I'm getting a different perspective on this. Yes. So, you know, we talk about an artifact, a mile marker of your growth, a moment, Mm -hmm an artifact, why it's important to you. And then, so then we talk about, well, why is this mile marker important to the field? So how do we tie it to standards? And so the standards that we're looking at are the uh, the NELP standards, the National Educational Leadership Preparation Standards. So these are standards for um, for educational leaders and like how to, you know, what, what how is a educational leader best prepared to assume the role or put on the hat, right? The, yeah. the educational leader hat. So which, which of the standards of the, uh, there's eight of them, but which, which of the standards do you think aligned best with your moment? Of the NELP standards? Hmm, let me think. See, I was thinking, my mind was focused on the, the, the CAPE standard. Oh, okay. Well, what do you got for the CAPE standards? What did you say? Um, for the CAPE standards, I was thinking about it aligned with standard A1.1, um, that the candidates for advanced preparation demonstrate their proficiency to understand and apply knowledge, and then they share it with others in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just summarizing that standard. I know that's not word for word. Yeah. And I think at one point it says leading and collaborating with your peers and colleagues. So that was a chance for me to lead a session, but also collaborate 
and inform those discussions with my colleagues as well. So I'm going to, I'm going to meet your CAPE standard and I'm going to, I'm going to meet you with a NUMP standard. I think it's standard seven. Okay. Building professional capacity. So to promote the current and future success and well-being of each student and adult by applying the knowledge, skills, and commitments necessary to build the school's professional capacity, engage staff in the development of a collaborative professional culture, improve systems of staff supervision, evaluation, support, and professional learning. And so I think you by you implementing something that and then responding to the needs and making it meet the needs of all those different uh, folks within the district, uh, sounds like standard seven to me. What do you think? I think so. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, and so, you know, and, and, you know, just to be like, we're just, uh, we, there, we had a little adjustment in our standards. So that's why we're, we're still, you know, figuring out which ones of these that, that fit best. And so I think that's, what's kind of cool is seeing like, no matter what, if you grew from it as an educational leader, like there's going to be a standard. If, there, if I grew professionally, there's going to be a standard that aligns with this growth. And that's kind of what's cool about this is that if we identify these moments, these important moments, these light bulb moments, that they're going to align with these standards. So excellent. And, and for me, it, it really was a, another growing point for me with this, this particular um, professional development. I had to know what I was talking about. I couldn't just go yeah. out and just fluffy. You know, I couldn't just say some fluff and, you know, sit down. I had to really know what I was saying. I had to do a little research. I had to show them that it's not just Christy that's just talking. It's, you know, Miss McGee that actually is going to school and is learning these things and knows what, you know, has something to offer and share. Yeah. And well, I like the idea of the professional culture too, because it's like, if you learn something that can help students, well, share it. Right. Yes. You know, like let's, yes. let's all build each other up and there we go. We get a little Vygotsky, right? What can we do with yes. help? And we keep climbing up and up and up. So Chrissy, can you share with me your current uh, pocket size philosophy statement or a professional vision? I think we, we kind of use some, those words kind of synonymously, the portfolio. I think my, my pocket size statement is that every child can learn and it is our job to give them the means to discover and learn new things so they can have every opportunity. Cool. Great. That sounds great. So now it's like, well, this is almost like where the rubber meets the road. It's like, how can we see the influence of this mile marker of your professional growth on your statement? Because I'm, I'm trying to help other teachers give them different opportunities to learn. It's so much more than just a worksheet. It's so much more than um, just putting something in front of them, putting even a computer program in front of them. Let's make learning hands-on. Let's make it um, give them real life connections. Let's give them just different kinds of opportunities where they can just learn and grow. Awesome. Yeah. And how do you see this influencing your, your journey as an educational leader? I think it's helped me broaden my mind because, you know, my experiences with principals have been that you're more into the quantitative side of it. You're more into the scores and how we're going to get there. But I'm finding that I'm able to, to merge more of let's create a school climate. Let's teach teachers how to, you know, improve the quality of their teaching through fun, hands-on activities. So it's not just all numbers and data, which is important, which is very, very important. Mm -hmm. But we can do so by making learning fun for our students. Yeah. And I would just even go further, even uh, like this is a part where we like do some resource dump. But like the thing is, like we know, like as teachers, mm -hmm. teachers know like what an engaging lesson is. Like and you had your, your folks think of themselves as students. Like we know yeah. what's engaging. We know what what 
what we've seen has been effective in our teaching. And then when we get to the educational leadership level, when we have to do our professional development, let's not lose that, right? Let's yes, not lose those things. Right. Let's, let's still right. make it engaging. Let's not like, okay, now I'm all of a sudden going to do a lecture about how the teachers shouldn't <laughs> lecture. Like, no, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> let's make it engaging. Let's use, let's still, you know, make it fun, make it all the sorts of things that you just talked about as well. So um, I love That's it. Right. I love this, uh, this moment. I love this smile marker. Anything else you want to share before we sign off? This, that's all I can think of. This has been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed being here. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the uh, teacher's journey. Uh, and we want to also thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, thank you for tuning in. And so this episode may be over, but the journey to better teaching continues. Please subscribe to the podcast so you are notified when the next episode is ready for you to listen. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review the podcast. You can also share the podcast with someone you feel may be interested in these stories of uh, teacher and educator, educational leadership, educational leader development. And are you ready to start your journey to better teaching or better better leading? Send an email to Nick Sisk, Nick F at OleMiss.edu the School of Education and Missions Counselor to hear all about the options for becoming a teacher or educational leader. And perhaps you're well into your journey and looking to further advance as a practitioner or researcher in your field. For more information on all of our graduate programs, contact the University of Mississippi School of Education's Graduate Studies Office by sending an email to gradeducation at olemiss.edu. Also follow the University of Mississippi School of Education on social media at Ole Miss Ed School on Twitter and Instagram so you can learn more about opportunities like free graduate application weekends, happen every so often information can be found in the show notes for this episode at road to better teaching.com finally thank you to christy for sharing a portion of her journey and thank you to all of you listeners out there for taking the journey to better teaching this world is a better place because you have used the gifts you have been given to teach others